You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message, recorded live from our Brighton campus. So, as, as you're well aware, we've lit the candle representing God's love for us. And um, when I was sharing just after the first song, I had said this. A love that would forever change human life and existence. And right now, I want to quickly turn your attention to a video because it's uh, a fun one. An angel came to see Mary. She was doing laundry, and then the angel just appeared, and she was really scared. So Gabriel was like, Mary, you're going to have, like, I can't, I can't say good. Mary, you're going to have a baby. I, you're going to have a baby, and you will call him Jesus. And then Mary was like, I'm not going to have a baby yet. I'm only a teenager. I'm not married. Then the angel Gabriel told Joseph that Mary is not lying. She, you are having a new baby. And so they met up. They went to Bethlehem, which was Joseph's old town. They ride a donkey. (laughs) A camel. Oh, yeah, a camel. She said, this donkey's fast. They tried to go to a hotel, and they asked the keeper um, for a place to stay. The keeper said, we have no rooms. Literally, no rooms. (laughs) So Mary... And Joseph walked away sadly, but then he said, The only place in here in Bethlehem that, that you can stay, stay is a staple. And then he just pointed the way and they followed. When the shepherds were taking care of the sheep, then they saw angels. The angels said, A new baby is get, getting born who is king of the Jews. The angel were singing. And then the shepherd said, I think we should go there and meet him. The second, I think, said, yeah, I agree with you. And the other said, yeah, me too. They had to walk through a bunch of grass and bushes, maybe have to camp out at night. And then the wise men heard about it. And then a star appeared. Well, we should probably follow that star. It's pointing down to the barn. So maybe we should follow it. Maybe. So the wise men went to Jesus. They gave them gifts. A stuffed animal, like a hippo one, to have at home. Some diapers, and some wipes, and some milk, some shoes, some Jordans. Gold, Frank, and Latimer. And I don't know how I would survive in that barn. Too stinky, too crowded, and ugh. I think he probably pooped because the room was very smelly. Thank you for coming. He's adorable. He's going to be our best friend. I love you, and... You're the best baby I ever seen. There, I said it. <laughs> the new baby is gonna change the world. All right. So that's a 
a fun, fresh way to relive the Christmas story. So as I was saying, we're talking about love today. And uh, as I lit the candle earlier, just after the first song, and uh, as I was reading and just talking about his love, I, I mentioned this, a love that would forever change human life and existence. So I see this statement that, that I made um, true, and yet I believe that it is experienced differently for each person. Um, and what I mean by this is that, that the Christmas message is beautiful, and yet it's only part of God's reconciliation story for humanity. And Chris even shared that briefly in his prayer um, this morning as well. So we're, we're loved by God through the birth of his son, but this was only the beginning. It was just the start. It was just um, God bringing us back to him. God also showed his love to us through the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus, giving all of humanity the opportunity for a new and eternal life in Christ. So we need to remember that this Christmas story, so so beautiful, so amazing, this reminder of his love and promise to us, but yet that was just the beginning of the reconciliation story. You know, this, this story of Christ being born and then his death, resurrection, and rising again is, is such a beautiful display of his love. But what's interesting to me is that people generally accept his birth, but often reject his death and resurrection. And as I thought about that, I thought, in some ways, his birth really um, requires nothing from us, but his death actually requires everything. His life and living for him requires everything. And uh, this, even this week, I was this past week, I was at Eden's um, Burgess Hill Academy Christmas concert. And I just thought in that there were so many songs where we were singing about Christ. And one of the songs was, Oh, come, let us adore him. And everybody was really into it. And I just thought it's just amazing, again, how people are so willing to accept that. But yet when it comes to now living for him, it's a completely different story. First John 4, 9, and it'll be up on the screen, says, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. That's where it all starts. That he loved us. But that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So some people say, how can a loving God kill his son? Right? I don't know if you've ever had that conversation with somebody where 
somebody just doesn't really understand this whole concept and, and why that took place. And I have a story that I want to read to you. And um, it breaks down in one point, but it will help us understand what, what God did through his son. I guess it's, it's, a, it's a modern day parable, if you will. It's a lengthy story. So if you want to close your eyes and but stay awake, um, that would be fine. Here we go. There was once a bridge that spanned a large river. During most of the day, the bridge sat with its lengths running up and down the river, paralleled with the banks, allowing ships to pass through freely on both sides of the bridge. But at a certain, but at certain times each day, a train would come along and the bridge would be turned sideways across the river, allowing the train to cross it. A switchman sat in a shack on one side of the river where he operated the controls to turn the bridge and lock it into place as the train crossed. One evening, as the switchman was waiting for the last train of the day to come, he looked off into the distance through the dimming twilight and caught sight of the train lights. He stepped onto the control and waited until the train was within a prescribed distance. Then he was to turn the bridge He turned the bridge into position, but to his horror, he found the locking control did not work. If the bridge was not securely in position, it would cause the train to jump the track and go crashing into the river. This was a passenger train with many people aboard. He left the bridge, turned across the river, and hurried across the bridge to the other side of the river, where there was a lever switch he could hold to operate the lock manually. He would have to hold the lever back firmly as the train crossed. He could hear the rumble of the train now, and he took hold of the lever and leaned backward to apply his weight to it, locking the bridge. He kept applying the pressure to keep the mechanism locked. Many lives depended on this man's strength. Then coming across the bridge from the direction of his control shack, he heard a sound that made his blood run cold. Daddy, where are you? His four-year-old son was crossing the bridge to look for him. His first impulse was to cry out to the child, run, run, but the train was too close. The tiny legs would never make it across the bridge in time. The man almost left his lever to snatch up his son and carry him to safety, but he realized that he could not get back to the lever in time if he saved his son. Either many people on the train or his son must die. He took but a moment to make a decision. The train sped safely and swiftly on its way, and no one aboard was even aware of the tiny broken body thrown mercilessly into the river by the on-rushing train. Nor were they aware of the pitiful figure of the sobbing man still clinging to the locking lever after the train had passed. They did not see him walking home more slowly than he had ever walked to tell his wife how their son had brutally died. Now, if you comprehend the emotions that went through the man's heart, you can begin to understand the feelings our father in heaven when he sacrificed his son to bridge the gap between us and eternal life. So, as a Jesus died for us parallel, Jesus did not go to death as a result of an accident. We know that. And this is where this story ultimately breaks down. Though the Heavenly Father did give up his son to save mankind, the way 
the drawbridge keeper sacrifices his child to spare the lives of strangers. The choice was not forced upon him by circumstance. The death of Jesus Christ was predetermined. But the reality is that it gives us a glimpse when we look at it in that sense of of how difficult it was for God to do what he did. It's, it's he willingly did it and willingly Jesus accepted that call on his life and yet it still didn't make it easy. And so we see that, that, that this is how powerful God's love is for us this morning. So God sending his son as the ultimate sacrifice for humanity was, was not this heartless exercise that sometimes people may think it was, but a heartfelt practical display of his deep love for us, of his deep love for everybody that's even outside of these walls. It was a heartfelt practical display of love that he longs for all of us to respond to. And so there's this story in John 12. And many of you are aware of this story. It's about a lady named Mary. And in this story in John 12, Mary pours a year's wage worth of perfume on the feet of Jesus. Right? Are we aware of that story? You remember? Yeah. And she she gets accused by one of the disciples for wasting perfectly good perfume. I mean, a year's worth of perfume is a pretty big deal. So she gets accused by one of the disciples for wasting perfectly good perfume that could have been sold and the money given to the poor. This is, this is the excuse that this disciple is giving. Really, this disciple is just greedy and more interested in money than he is in Jesus. But Mary, she's into Jesus. First and foremost, she loves him. And in this story, Jesus basically says to this disciple and to many of the others, he basically says, leave her alone. Leave her alone. That what she's doing, there's a purpose for it. And there will be many opportunities, plenty of opportunities to take care of the poor. Because the excuse of the disciple was, we could give all of this, we could sell this and give it to the poor. And in that moment, Jesus was saying, there's another purpose behind what she's doing. And that purpose is greater than this purpose or the purpose that you want it for. I love this story because it shows me that above everything else, money, right, reputation, life itself to Mary, above everything else, Mary loved and adored Jesus. I mean, the act of Mary in pouring perfume on the feet of Jesus, I mean, I know in our context, it's very hard to sort of wrap our minds around that. And I'm not going to be able to go into all the details for it to make sense. So in our context, as I say, it doesn't, it doesn't really make a lot of sense rationally. But, but at that time, it would have just been, it would have shown Jesus and those around her like that she just completely and utterly adored Jesus. And this was one way to express it. Obviously, today, we may express it in different ways. What we see in the life of Mary is that she had experienced God's love for her. 
And now she was responding to this love. That's ultimately what happened. She experienced his love and, and she just said, I am going to show God my love. And this is one way that she did it. I have found in my life, and I'm sure many of you have found this as well, is that it's, it's one thing to know that God loves us. It's a completely different reality to experience that love. And I think for so many people, as we, as I even shared, as, that we're singing about um, at my daughter's Christmas concert, we're singing about Jesus, is that they know this love, but they have yet to experience this love. And that is a huge difference when it comes to living a life for Christ. So, for example, many, many years ago, and I've, I've shared this a few times different, in different ways, my testimony, my story, how I came to Christ. But I ultimately knew about God. I grew up in a Christian home, but I, and so I knew about God. I knew that he loved me. I knew all of that stuff. Um, I, was, I was aware of the story. I was aware of many of the stories. And yet it wasn't until I got to a place in my life that I truly opened up and allowed him to come in, that I experienced this love. And um, I guess in just how big this love was for me. And, and ultimately, as I look back on that, I know that God was working in my life before that because I, it's, it's he chose me. He loved me first and we respond to that love. But when we, re, when we first and foremost realize that he loves us and then we respond to it, we'll never know a greater love than the love that Jesus has for us. I guess now in my own life, there are certainly shortcomings and there are certainly times where it's a bit more challenging. But ultimately, because of what he's done in my life, I want to daily just give him everything that I have because of this love that he has given to me. Again, I'm not perfect. I make mistakes as we as we all do. But I want to do my very best because I can't help but love him back because of what he has done for me. Today, Jesus isn't asking us to pour perfume on his feet. But are we willing, right? Are we willing to give our all to show God you love him above everything else? I think when we celebrate the Christmas story, when we look to Christ again at this time of year, we recognize that he's no longer a baby, but he's our savior. And are we willing to daily just give him everything. And are we hanging on to certain things at times? And, and the truth is that he's not calling us to prove it to him in a way that would come across as an act of works. But loving him in such a way that's a response to who he is and what he has accomplished in our lives. And I think if we went around the room, we would be able to say, yeah, God has accomplished many things in our lives. And, and I think in so many ways, that is, that is what we need to hang on to and remember how to give it all back to him and say, God, I want you to be the center and I want to continue to give everything to you. And so we are freely loved by God. And when we experience this love, our response um, can only be to love him back, which we've just talked about. And one way we can practically practically do this is by loving others. And uh, 
In John 15, 12, there's a real simple scripture that says, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. I guess maybe the best way to, to do this is to walk in somebody else's shoes. It's, it's that moment where you go, how would I want to be treated? How would I want to be treated in this situation? In all of the things that are going on in our world, all the injustice that's taking place in people's lives, how would I want to be treated in that, in that situation? How would I want to, to, to be treated? So asking, walking in somebody else's shoes is a great way to go, am I really loving the way Christ has loved me. So I think in many ways we've we've talked about this through our conversations on community and and we've talked a lot about just loving God and loving others and all of these different dynamics in the last few years that that I've been kicking around. Um, but I feel we can challenge ourselves to love others to a greater compa- to to a greater capacity. Um, there's a lot of things that that we are doing as a church, and I think they're wonderful, and I think they're ways that we can practically do this, right? So we're, we're loving people through the night shelter. We're doing Who's My Neighbor events. We are going up and doing the Hope uh, time um, at Patching Lodge and the church service up there, and there's community chaplaincy, and there's the kids' work, and, and there's maybe something that I'm missing right now, but there are all of these different things that are taking place that are great ways to be showing the love of God. But I believe there's there's other ways as well that would that would maybe challenge us to a greater capacity. See, I believe when when Jesus says, love each other, it's more than simply being nice to each other. It's about finding ways to show the love of Christ that you have experienced and practically showing it to other people. And, um, And sometimes some of the things that we do is just us being really nice, which is great. Because kindness is a fruit of the Spirit. But I think God would have us go to new levels in some of these areas because we want to continue to grow and we want to continue to be more like Christ. And Christ laid his life down for each of us and calls us to do the same. So this is a pretty major one that I'm just going to highlight here, but I I just was aware of it again um, because of a a certain situation and watching this movie. and it's, we're all very aware of human trafficking as a very huge issue in the UK and around the world. I mean, that is sort of something that, that I think we're hearing more and more and more. And, and at one time it was more, well, it's happening over there or it's happening there. But the reality is it's, it's happening right here, right in our hometown, so to speak. And, um, and so I have a few acquaintances, um, acquaintances slash sort of friends that are doing a lot of work in the area of young girls and ladies being um, sold into the sex trade industry. And recently, one of them, um, this has been a an ongoing thing for at least probably five-ish years. They first wrote a story, um, and then they decided to turn it into a movie. And the movie's called um, She Has a Name. She has a name because all of these girls that are trafficked ultimately 
are not given a name, but they're basically a number. They're just an object. They're just a, a piece of, I'm not sure, but they're just not a person. They're not considered a person. Not, they're not considered, they don't have a name. And so they called it, she has, she has a name. And if you wanted to check it out, it's shehasanamefilm.com. And you can actually um, like download it, and obviously you have to pay, but you can download it and watch the movie. And basically, it's, it's helping to expose the truths about human trafficking. And it's a great film. Um, not kid-friendly, but it is a great film. And it really opens your eyes to what's going on. I have some friends that their, their daughters are, are in the movie, but they are actually the children of one of the individuals, the, the children of the dad that is going into these places and spaces where this is happening to try and find out the truth about what's going on and do their very best to help girls get out of this industry. And so there's this one snapshot of, of, his, of his home life and how challenging that has been for their family in working through this and seeing their dad um, in other parts of the world. So she has a name. And I just, I guess when I was watching it, I was just reminded of just, you know, it's really important that we're loving people here in our own community. And it's really important to have a cup of coffee with people and share the gospel with them in different, different ways. And, but then I was also reminded of, of just how we can expand our love and go to greater levels in the area of loving others and saying, God, is there a way that I can help out in this? One simple way in this country is um, an organization called Tear Fund. And if you were to Google that, you could see how you could support that. And as a church, we don't necessarily support it, but I know Kyla and I support it. And it's just a, another way that we can love and help people. And so um, this is not like a, you know, a, a sort of commercial uh, or advertisement for them, but I was thinking of a very practical way that we can help in that area of loving others. Um, another friend um, with some help from others has, has bought a rescue home for girls that are being, um, that are actually, um, getting, um, I guess, rescued from these places. And, uh, there's a recent picture on Facebook of two girls that are standing in front of this home. And these girls are not girls that have been trafficked, but they're girls that are as well going in and trying to rescue girls. And, um, and he just said how these girls truly are his heroes because of what they're doing and just their, their sacrifice and their willingness to really lay down their lives and just help and really show the, the practical love of God. And, um, he made this comment on Facebook. He said, um, he is confident that their stories will become anthems of hope. And I think when I begin to watch that movie and I begin to think about some of these girls and some of these individuals in these places, I just think when God can, when God rescues them and when people go in and rescue them, God is able to restore their lives and how true that their, their stories will be anthems of hope. And so I just wanted to challenge us in this area of loving others. There are obviously many, many other areas that we can, in a sense, go to that next place that God is calling us to. And it's never going to be convenient or easy. Most of us don't necessarily have more time in our 24-hour day. We're, most of us are 
quite maxed out as it is. But yet there's, but yet I really believe in this time where we think about the love of God and how He has poured it so freely into us that we can, that we can go to that next place in our own lives and love others to a greater capacity. And so maybe we won't do it in the same way, um, in this, in this way. But, um, I think it's important that we challenge ourselves. Jesus showed his love by laying his life down for us, and he calls us to do the same. And the truth is that when Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me, he was saying, don't live for yourself. And I think for all of us, if we were to really genuinely think about that, it is a huge challenge daily to not live for ourselves. So take up your cross and follow me. He was saying, don't live for yourself. He was saying that taking up your cross means sacrificing yourself for someone else. And as I think about these individuals that are going into these places that are incredibly ugly, that are incredibly evil, that are incredibly dark, I think they truly are sacrificing for these individuals. And not everybody's called to that. I recognize that. We all have different callings. We all have different gifts. We all have different personalities. We all are designed differently. And God has a purpose for each one of us. And yet, yet we're all called to sacrifice ourselves for somebody else in one form or another. And that's the, that's the salvation is free, but it will cost us everything. Right? And so, Loving others isn't easy. It's not convenient. It's not easy. It's sometimes not really rewarding, right? And yet, it's what God calls us all to. And so, coming back to this Christmas season, it's about the miracle of Jesus' birth. Think, you know, watching this, this movie or this quick video that we, that we watched and had a good laugh over. You know, God truly did work a miracle. And we all have gotten to take part in, in that miracle. And, um, and I just am reminded that God did the impossible through ordinary people. I think Mary was an ordinary teenager. That God worked a miracle through her life. And uh, you can start thinking about all of the other sort of characters that are in this in this account. And they were all ordinary people. And yet we do see one thing, I believe, is that they were surrendered to God. They were they were people that that loved the Lord and said, How can I be used of you? And um and so when I look around we're all ordinary people as well that God so desires to continue to use. And he calls us to, to that place of just, again, taking up our cross and following him. I believe that he can still do the, the miraculous through our lives. Um, and I just think what it boils down to is us coming, down, coming to that place of just saying, God, I'm available. Will you continue to use me? Will you use me? for your glory, for your purposes. 
Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.